Welcome back to another edition of the Educational AD Podcast. We couldn't do these without the incredible support of our sponsors, and we want to take a moment to say thank you to all of them. First, thanks to our diamond sponsor, Varsity Brands, including BSN, Varsity Spirit, and Herf Jones. Varsity Brands, elevating student experiences in sport, spirit, and achievement. We also want to say thank you to our platinum sponsors, including Camp Mobile, where leaders communicate better. Hometown Ticketing, simple and easy online ticketing. Vital Signs, bring student achievements to life. Gipper, sports graphics made incredibly simple. And Ephesus Lighting, innovating a brighter future at every level. Thanks to all of our great sponsors. Welcome back everyone to the Educational AD Podcast. Our guest today is a good friend, Mo Orr. Mo is the vice president and founder of the THSN Media Group out in Orange, California. Also very active in a number of uh, formats. He's the host of Talk the Talk, uh, he posts quite frequently on Twitter with the high school narrative and has a wide range of uh, platforms to help a high school AD that we're going to get into later on. But first of all, welcome, Mo. Welcome. Hey, thank you for having me. I'm, I'm excited to be uh, on your show. Uh, I watch, I, I listen um, to your show, so I'm, I'm excited to be uh, a part of it as a guest. Well, we're, we're glad to have you. And uh, again, we're excited to find out how the things that you do can help ADs um, across the country. So let's jump right into it. Awesome. Uh, as you know, we always like to let our listeners have a chance to get to know our guests. So tell us a little bit about yourself, where you grew up, where you went to school and college, and uh, maybe how a love of sports uh, led you into uh, the position that you're in now. Well, awesome. I, uh, I was actually born in, in Detroit, Michigan. Um, and, and we talked about before we started the show, um, cold weather and snow. Um, I think that it kind of, uh, that kind of forced my parents' hand. Uh, they said, Hey, you know what, let's uh, go somewhere a little bit sunnier. So we decided to, to move to, uh, Southern California. Uh, father was in the military. I'm in the Marine Corps, um, and got stationed at Camp Pendleton at some point. So then we came to, uh, California. Um, I was raised uh, in the inner city, um, went to Washington Preparatory High School. I don't know if you heard the story of, uh, George McKenna. Um, that they did a, a show on, a movie on. Um, so I went to that school, played uh, basketball there, football there. Um, and of course, that's your getaway. So the sports aspect of it uh, was something that I loved very, very much. Um, after leaving Washington and graduating, I actually went into the, to the military, um, kind of followed my father and, and brother's footsteps and went into the Marine Corps. Um, Thank you. For and I actually nervous. played on the yeah. All Marine Corps basketball team. You know, I, I I don't know if I was good enough to go to college in the beginning and play, but as you get older, you tend to get better and smarter at the game. So I played on the All Marine Corps basketball team, traveled around the world, um, and played colleges and you know other countries, uh, of course, other armed services um, in basketball. And, you know, that's where my love of, of sports come, the competitiveness and the, the teamwork aspect of it was something that um, kind of pushed and touched me. So uh, that's what I did with that. Well, again, thank you for your service. Uh, you know, really appreciate that. Uh, I did not serve, but uh, I've had many of my student athletes serve. And, uh, you know, wow, just very grateful for uh, the sacrifices you guys made. And thank you so much. Um, so uh, take us to that next step. Uh, you served your country in the Marine Corps. Uh, you got out. Uh, what happened next? Actually, when I got out, you know, I, I started to say, you know, I, I had given into the GI Bill and, and thought, you know what, I, I want to go to school and try to uh, see where it takes me. So I went to um, Cal State Long Beach first, um, and I wanted to pursue uh, the criminal justice field. Uh, and so I, once I did that, transferred over to Cal State Fullerton 
started doing criminal justice. And then I got into theater while I was there, um, oddly enough. Um, so I started double majoring in theater and criminal justice. And uh, once I started doing that, I started to get this itch for um, instant gratification, I, I, I would say, um, with the shows that we're doing and doing stuff on stage and you know tap dancing and all these other things that came with that. And that opened up a different um, kind of a bug uh, in me to whereas I wanted to do something different. You know, uh, I have a brother who's an attorney, uh, who was an attorney at the time. And so I was looking at going into that field um, along with him as he started to open up his uh, law firm and stuff like that. And it, it just didn't work for me because, you know, this part of the entertaining uh, entertainment industry was kind of something I wanted to seek and, and see if it was something there for me. Well, um, again, I was fortunate enough in college, a friend of mine drugged me to uh, play auditions and to make a long story short, just loved it. Uh, uh, didn't get that bug as much as you did. Uh, you know, I stayed with coaching, but great, great experiences and always encouraged, you know, my student athletes uh, as a high school coach, you know, to get involved with the play, the band, student government, that type of thing. Uh, because again, you only get one chance a lot of times to do those experiences. Well, do you know, do you know you get... can I say something real oh, quick? Absolutely. Do you know that yeah. huh? we talk about, especially athletes and high school athletes, right? And one thing that I've started to do as I interview these um, student athletes and these coaches, I talk about two sport athletes. And um, I was interviewing a kid and he said, well, I don't play two sports, but I am also in the, uh, the choir. So he's this big football player and, you know, four-star athlete going to a division one college, but he also enjoyed the singing aspect and the camaraderie of being with those other students being able to perform uh, as well. So I think it's important that not just, you know, two sport athletes, but being able to do something else, other extracurricular activities um, for athletes as well. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I, I've told this story a number of times. I, I think I've learned, I won't say as much, but I've learned some really important uh, coaching aspects from the band director, from the choir director, from the drama teachers, how they organize, how they deal with their students, uh, how they motivate. So uh, absolutely for students yeah. as well as for coaches. Well, talk, let's make a jump. You know, how did you go from, you know, college student, college athlete uh, to where you're at now uh, working with student athletes and coaches uh, in the world of, uh, let's say, call it athletic administration and performance? Well, what's interesting is uh, I am also a, uh, a college and high school basketball official. I think that's kind of what took me into the area that I'm uh, in right now and uh, where I am with the high school narrative. Um, you know, going into high schools and talking to coaches and um, being on the floor with these athletes and, you know, doing that time out, kind of talking to these athletes and, and coaches and asking questions and um, the impact of an official is very different than uh, one of an administrator or um, a coach or an athletic director. And uh, starting to see the impact that you guys play with students, uh, and not just athletes, but students in general as administrators, um, you know, watching my kids go through schools and high schools and um, how these people influence them. You know, I, I kind of thought that, you know, so many things that are going on, and I'll touch on the things that we do for the high school narrative, um, but I'll talk about some of the key components um, first, uh, mental health, you know, um, and it's all these taboo words, uh, anxiety, uh, bullying, you know, teen suicide, all those things that we really don't want to talk about is something that uh, hit a chord. Uh, with me. And um, I wanted to kind of help um, impact young um, students' lives and and hopefully um, give them a, a positive outlook 
and a positive platform to be able to go see things that are inspirational. Um, so I was talking to some friends of mine that I've been friends with for over 25 years. And uh, they were actually within the high school. Uh, Mary, she coached at um, J. Sarah High School in the Trinity League uh, for 13 years as a basketball. And uh, Tony, um, he was actually doing the same thing, um, assisting at the, that school level. And, you know, we just kind of put our heads together and said, we want to do something to impact kids in a positive way. Um, so we came up with the high school narrative, you know, and, you know, it, it gives students, kids, faculty members, um, schools, a platform to be able to talk about uh, their culture and their spirit. Uh, and, you know, hopefully give students something else uh, to look at other than everything that's on Twitter and Instagram, social media. No, absolutely. Uh, I, I've really been impressed with some of the things that you have on your website and some of the links that goes to, for someone who's never been there, you know, uh, our, our listeners are primarily athletic directors, you know, tell them why, you know, they should go to the High School Narrative website and, uh, you know, take advantage of some of the uh, things that your organization can offer. Well, I'll give, I'll give you a couple things. First off, when you talk about school spirit and culture, right, we, got, we have a free app. Um, thsnapp.com, you can go and get our free iOS app, right? And inside that app, we have a, uh, a section uh, thumbnail where it's just school spirit and culture. So for someone who is so into their schools, athletic directors, and they want people, if somebody is in a school in Florida, um, wants to come out and go to uh, one of the local high schools out here, and this kid doesn't know anything about the school. You can come onto our app, be able to see some of these videos, um, these hype videos, and and all these other things. We've partnered with a, a lot of different um, companies to be able to see things such as kids who want to get into radio or TV or production. Um, it's the Student Television Network where kids are behind the scenes. Some kids are behind the scenes and some kids are in front of the camera, but it gives them an opportunity to be able to see different things. And that's just one point of it. The other part is that within these videos, all those taboo things that I talked about, there's something that uh, maybe a commercial in the middle of a, a podcast that speaks to school violence or teen, um, suicide or uh, dealing with depression and uh, or anxiety. And, you know, they get to see, we call it giving them the dessert first. You're watching this show and you're seeing all this, but then it cuts away for 30 seconds or 45 seconds to talk about these issues because sometimes, you know how kids are, they don't want to talk to anybody because they might feel embarrassed or something like that but then they see that they're not alone and it's not just them um, when they see somebody else talking about those things. So um, we wanna be able to provide a, a positive platform for um, the schools, the ADs, uh, and of course um, the students um, when it comes to the high school narrative. Uh, I really appreciate you going into that and we'll do this at the end, but if an athletic director, if a coach who's listening wanted to reach out and find out more, what's the best place for them to go? What's the best way for them to get in touch with you? Uh, for me, they can reach me at mo.or. That's M-O-E dot O-R-R -R, at the H-S narrative. Um, that's how they can uh, contact me um, by email. We would definitely get back out to them. Um, same thing with Mary and Tony. Mary is mary.rosignal. Um, that's N-A-L at the end at the HS narrative as well. And uh, towards the end, I'll give social media uh, and all that information um, so they can get in contact with us for sure. Okay. Thanks. Um, Mo, in our business of, you know, dealing with, with kids and coaches and sometimes parents too, um, you know, I think leadership and mentorship is always part of the equation. And so I'm curious, uh, who are some of your mentors, uh, either you know, adults or maybe coaches you had growing up or people that you've worked with or worked for 
the expression I like to use is I still hear those voices in my head uh, when I'm talking with a kid or a coach. So whose voice do you still hear? You know, it, it's interesting. And in, in, in school, as I was going through it, we had a coach. Um, I had a coach by the name of Coach uh, Thompson, who was uh, very instrumental in, in my development as a young man, um, being able to uh, help guide me through the things. Because I was, I was raised in the inner city, you know, gang violence and, you know, all those things, drugs and all that stuff was prominent, you know, in my neighborhood. And it's, it's stuff that we saw all the time and that I saw all the time. So having a, a, a mentor at the school um, was something that was a necessity, you know, I felt because, you know, you're seconds away from making the wrong decision. You know, um, my, my stepdad um, who has passed uh, earlier last year um, was very inspirational as well. You know, I saw him as hardworking um, responsible and looking to provide for his family. And those are traits that I have taken on myself um, and it ha has helped me become a better man. Um, one of the most influential people that um, I know is actually my brother. Uh, you know, as you're a kid and you're sitting around the house and you're sharing a room with this guy who irritates you, you know, 98% of the time, um, when you're looking at him in his eyes, you're telling him you get on my nerves and we're going to fight all the time. But when he walks out that door and you're watching him from a distance, um, you start to see the things that he's doing and the choices that he's making um, that you want to, you know, kind of emulate, you know, and I think it's uh, important that, you know, young uh, uh, adolescent adults um, find somebody that really inspires you. So, my brother really, really inspires me. Um, even to this day, uh, he is a judge in uh, Portland, Oregon uh, for the circuit courts. And it's something that uh, I admire. Um, I call him for advice all the time, um, unpaid, by the way, just so you know. <laughs> uh, but I call him for advice all the time, um, no matter what it is, whether it's ideas I have for the high school narrative, or if it's something about my little one, my kid, and you know, what did you do during this moment to, you know, kind of help, you know, your kids, especially now with distance learning and stuff like that. So um, huge inspiration to me. And then uh, lastly is my mom, um, who is a huge inspiration. Talk about strong women are very important. They say behind a strong man is uh, a strong woman. Um, and she taught me that they're not behind you, that they're to the side of you. So uh, those are my uh, mentors and the people that kind of inspire me to do what I'm doing. Yeah, I really appreciate you sharing. And uh, I think you might have been the first, you know, we've done, you know, over 100 of these, but uh, you might be one of the very few that have mentioned uh, the impact of a brother. And uh, I, I look back at my own two older brothers who were significantly older than me, but still very much uh, an influence and, and something that I aspired to, you know, be like them so uh appreciate the shout out for all the brothers okay? yeah you, but you never think about it I, that's i wouldn't say if you wouldn't ask me i probably would have never thought about it but i know you know subconsciously that you know you want to do the things that he did or be better at something that he did but um if he's not making bad decisions and bad choices you try to emulate that you know and not make bad decisions or bad choices as well no absolutely okay um Mo, you've had a chance to um, work with a lot of student athletes, a lot of ADs and coaches. And one of the things we pride ourselves on with this podcast is the idea of best practices. So uh, I don't want to narrow you down. I was thinking about asking about, you know, what's some of the better things that you've seen best practices with regards to mental health. But uh, share with our audience, you know, uh, what are some of those things that you've been in that school, or maybe it's a program that you helped uh, initiate that you can look back and say, hey, that's one of the best things that uh, we've ever done. You know, it's, that's a very interesting question. Um, we have partnered, um, the high school narrative, we've partnered with a uh, company called 417 Recovery. Um, a lot of times people hear recovery and they think that it's this inpatient clinic and they're going to be uh, stuck out here for 
weeks at a time and that it's uh, drug induced and drug related. And that's not the case. Um, 417 Recovery is an outpatient clinic um, out here in, in California. Uh, one's in Palm Desert, one's in Mission Viejo. But what they do is they have these um, therapists that work for them. Um, the program director, Scott Callett and uh, Stevie Coons, they um, have these clinical therapists that work with them. And it's also not just for any drugs and stuff like that, but it's for kids, uh, mental health issues, anxiety, depression, um, and being able to get them into schools to be able to talk to parents first off, right? Because with those taboo words, what you start to notice is that a lot of schools don't want to talk about it as if it's not happening in their schools. Um, some of the great things that I've seen is from doing the show and then somebody reaching out on social media and asking me, is there any way that you could get 417 recovery to, to come to the school and, and talk to the parents? Um, one for, funny story is uh, a, a guy reached out. He said, all those things that you're talking about is happening in our schools. Like it's happening in our schools, but they don't want to acknowledge it. If I could get the uh, leadership at the school to say, hey, can you bring them in? Would you do it? Yes. Then he said to me, well, what would you want to talk about? And my response was, is what would you want them to talk about? Because there's something that you're seeing inside the, the schools or things that you're hearing that has triggered you to, to reach out to me. So one of the biggest things that I think that we're doing is putting schools, youth, parents in front of people that can help. And if those people can't help, they know where to go and how to direct them to find help. But it's probably been one of the um, most inspiring and uh, best decisions we made uh, to spot to partner with 417 Recovery because you see the results of kids who are coming um, from the darker side of decisions that they've made um, and then moving to the lighter side of being uh, a success story uh, from dealing with them. Oh, well, I really appreciate you sharing that. We're visiting with Mo Orr, the vice president and founder of uh, the High School Narrative, also a host Talk to Talk. Uh, go to um, his website, uh, highschoolnarrative.org, and uh, all sorts of resources there for athletic directors, coaches, and uh, student athletes and families, too. Um, one question we've been asking our guests, which again are largely athletic directors, yeah. uh, has been their response in their school, in their area, in their state uh, to COVID. Uh, to our listeners, you know, we're recording this. Uh, in early January. So by the time you hear it, things will hopefully change. But Mo, you're out there in California. California's uh, one of the few states that has not uh, returned to play. Um, you know, I, I know you're not a doctor. I know you're not an infectious disease expert, but just what has been your perception of the response from kids, from coaches? Um, you know, How are they dealing with, for lack of a better term, uh, no sports right now? Well, I can tell you that first and foremost, the kids want to play, right? If and uh, it, it's so tough, and and I have the luxury. Uh, we actually uh, host and record um, the national AD uh, um, meeting that comes that they have once a month um, with a few hundred ADs on the call, hosted by Ira Childress and uh, at Gulliver, Gulliver Prep and Amanda Waters from uh, Modern Day. Um, and those are up on our, our uh, app as well. Um, you can watch them if you missed them as ADs. Um, but to be able to listen to all these different athletic directors from all across the country and to hear about the protocols that they have in place, I think one thing that I enjoy about it the most is that each one of these ADs are willing to share um, the things that they are doing. Here in California, it's tough, you know, the, 
um, being on a, uh, a conference call with the uh, commissioner of CIF out here and knowing that they want the kids to play, but they want it to be done safely. These kids' mental health is important and it's, it's an issue. And some of these kids, you know, the sports aspect of it is the highlight of some of them going to school, right? And it's also their lifeline to getting out of the hood or wherever that they're living, you know, in these areas, it's some of their lifelines to try and be successful or to pay for college and get into higher education. Um, the, the CIF Southern section, they want the kids to play and they're doing everything in their power to get them to play. Um, our football season is, is slated and scheduled to start in, uh, in late January, early February, you know, based off the CDC guidelines um, and hopefully uh, with the vaccine um, being out, they'll be able to figure something out. You know, currently we're in purple, uh, purple tier, which is the highest tier. And for some sports, you can be in red. And for other sports, um, you have to be in orange in, in order to play. But I think that if we look at it and our uh, leadership in California looks at Florida, Utah, Arizona, and all these other places that have already completed seasons and now in their spring season. And if these athletic directors and administrators at these schools show these uh, guidelines that they have set in place and follow these guidelines to a, a T, I think that we can get these kids out there because some of them, you know, I feel sorry for seniors who haven't been able to uh, play and, and colleges that are looking to recruit and, you know, all those things. And I feel so sorry and feel so sad um, that some of them might not get those opportunities um, any longer. But um, I think that we should be able to play. Uh, we have reopening plans. Um, a lot more testing is being done. The vaccine uh, has now uh, been put out there. So hopefully um, here in the near future in, in January, um, right now, late January, early February, uh, we'll be able to put these kids in pads and all those things. Yeah, it, it is frustrating uh, just, you know, from a global uh, perspective to hear about these stories of, you know, kids, uh, you know, not being able to play sports. And, you know, since things, decisions were made back in July and August, uh, you know, we've seen a lot more states open up. Uh, I, I don't know if this is true, but I'm going to go ahead and mention it because I do trust the AD that shared it with me uh, that the infection rates or the, you know, the contract tracing, however you want to call it, uh, uh, are virtually the same in states that have returned to play versus states that have not done anything. So, uh, you know, it's the, the kids aren't getting it. Uh, yeah. And the states that have played, it's, it's something like 93, 94% of the games that were scheduled were completed. You know, yeah. there were a few games that had to be canceled. Uh, our school, um, we didn't have to cancel a single game from our end. You know, we right. did have to cancel a couple uh, because of the other school, something happened. So um, uh, again, we want kids to be safe. We want coaches, we want fans and parents to be safe, but uh, um, you know, hopefully things will continue to trend uh, in a more positive way. Yeah, and, and we're looking at it on the high school narrative, especially out here in California. You know, We wanna make sure that we are a resource for um, family and, and parents and you know, all these other people who want to watch some of those games. So, you know, we're looking at being able to um, broadcast uh, these some of these games, um, televise, or I'm sorry, stream, um, live stream some of these games. Um, and the best part is at no charge to uh, the family. So if you have our app, it's, it's it'll be free or you can go to the hsnarrative.tv, which is basically the same thing and and be able to watch some of these games, you know, all over the nation. You know, we're trying to find a way to be able to give back as well to be able to uh, help during these times of COVID. Oh, I'm glad you mentioned that. And I'm glad you mentioned, uh, you know, the National AD Network with Ira and Amanda uh, on one of the previous um, national Zoom calls. I know Amanda had put together a PowerPoint presentation 
uh, and was aimed at, you know, Cal the situation in California, but it was showing a lot of those statistics that I was, you know, rambling off just a minute ago. Yeah. So hats off to Amanda and Ira for, uh, for what they do and, and for what you do in helping them uh, present that. Yeah, it's, 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 it's awesome. I, I don't, I don't even think they understood how powerful uh, the, what they were putting together. You know, when they, when she came to me and she was talking about it, I was like, um, I hope you're ready for that. That's a, that's a lot because everybody's at home right now. And these ADs want to find out a, a way to be able to do things and bounce things off of each other. And um, it, it's, it's amazing that I'm surprised that some ADs are, are not on there. You know what I mean? Like listening and, and engaging with other ADs, you know, you're, everybody's strong on their own, but a whole lot stronger, you know, together when you're talking to very successful uh, athletic directors across the country. Oh, absolutely. The whole the concept of networking, uh, I think, is borne out by the things that we can do like this, you know, online. Uh, when, yeah. you know, I, um, you know, got the idea, it certainly didn't come to me on my own to, you know, start this podcast. But initially, I was just thinking, well, let's tell the story of our athletic directors here in Florida. And, uh, you know, we still do that. But, you know, after I think we've done seven or eight episodes, I get a call from a, a buddy who I'd met through uh, the national organization. You know, hey, I've been listening. You know, can I be a guest? And yeah. so, uh, you know, here we are, you know, six months later and 6,000 downloads later. So I guess as long as people keep listening, we'll keep doing them. I think people will keep listening. Jake, I think you guys do a phenomenal job. I'm not an AD. But I could probably be an AD because I've been dealing with ADs for the last nine, <laughs> last nine months um, on a personal level, being able to listen and ask questions and, and stuff like that. But no, I really couldn't be an AD because I'm, I really don't know the ins and outs of your jobs. It's not that easy, but <laughs> I'm listening. <laughs> uh, well, I, I think we, we'll, we'll get into that question in just a minute. But uh, <laughs> um, another question we've been asking our ADs these um, you know past six months Um has to do with uh, the, the, the idea of, you know, social awareness, social justice. And, you know, my question has been this, you know, um, what can we do as athletic directors? What can we do better uh, with our kids, our coaches, our families, our communities? How can we do better in this area of, you know, social awareness? First off, Jake, I want to say thank you for asking that question. That is, um, with the social climate that's going on across the country, that is probably one of the most important questions that you could ask anyone. I don't care if they're black, white, Asian, you know, whatever nationality that they are. Um, I had this conversation with an AD uh, that we spoke of earlier. And when they asked me the question, the first thing I said is, listen, you have to be able to listen is, that's the actual second thing. The first thing is asking the question, how are you feeling? How are you feeling first and foremost, right? And the second part, which I said is, then sit back and listen to what they have to say. The biggest thing about race, um, Jake, is that people are uncomfortable with where to go with that conversation. Um, but I think, and that's okay. And I, I, I think that's okay. But I think that it's so important for uh, an athletic director. I would say go to each person on your staff first off um, and ask them, how you doing? Each individual, not in, not in a meeting setting, you know, each individual, how are you doing? How are you feeling? And what can I do to help you, right? Because you're not going to be able to change all the, everything that's going on around you, you know, outside of uh, uh, the, the school or wherever you are. But um, understanding that to them and to you, they are important. Uh, you know, if, if, if they've heard something, um, you know, within the program, I think you address it immediately. Um, I think that what whatever it might be, whether it be social or sexual or anything, I think that 
there has to be a zero tolerance um, policy. Um, and that's the first thing of, of what could we do. And um, what they can do better is uh, look every day. Uh, I wanna say when you wake up every day, you have to look yourself in the mirror and ask, am I doing everything I can to make um, everybody that works for me, under me and students um, feel comfortable? Um, and probably the last thing is, am I the person that they can talk to? If you can't, if you can't self-reflect or, or uh, reevaluate the type of person that you are, if things are going on and you didn't know about it in, in your program or your school, then you need to look at yourself in the mirror and say, why didn't I know, right? Um, you know, you have to have a, a, a culture of, you can talk to me. I wanna know any and everything that goes on around here. Um, and I think um, being respectful to your peers and um, being a servant leader are, are really important um, because if it goes on within your program and you didn't know, you're still responsible. You know, very, uh, very powerful words. And, uh, you know, it, it, at our school, and again, I didn't come up with this. Uh, I heard it many, many years ago, but uh, I've, I've stolen it and used it. You know, we tell our coaches and our coaches have really embraced it. Uh, the phrase is this, everything that we see at our school, at your practice, in the hallways, everything we see, it's either coached or it's allowed. Which one is it? And that is great coming right back at me as an athletic director. You know, everything we see is it's either coached by me or right. allowed by me. So uh, uh, our coaches have really done a great job with that. Certainly, you know, we're not done and, you know, we, we can always get better, which is what my question was. But yeah. I appreciate you sharing that, uh, you know, very meaningful words. Yeah, thank you for asking that question. Let's go ahead and uh, lighten it up just a little bit. Yeah. Um, what um, I always ask the ADs, you know, what's your favorite part of the job? And almost always they would answer the kids as it should be, you know, you, right. you shouldn't be an athletic director or a coach if you don't like kids, but acknowledging that, um, what are some of the favorite things about your job? What gets you excited about coming to work each day? You know, it, it, it's such a funny question because when I, when I went into this, um, number one, I didn't think I would be podcasting, right? I didn't, that's, that's not something that, you know, I thought I would do. Um, probably thought about it before, but never really wanted to follow up on it and, and kind of go down that path. Um, you know, the favorite part of my, my job is being able to work with um, Tony and Mary and, you know, the partners that we, that we have to um, create, um, number one, inspire, um, number two, and probably uh, most in, importantly, educate, uh, kids, adults, administrators um, on things that affect, you know, our youth and our adolescent, you know. Uh, so, yes, as an AD, they would say to the students, um, I would say the students are, are, are so important, but there are so many different ingredients to the student um, that makes the, the, the masterpiece, and that is all the other things that I, I kind of talked about and spoke about. Um, so I, I have a great time and I've met some very interesting people um, uh, podcasting and interviewing um, that I will continue to have a relationship with um, since the show. So that is probably the most, uh, my favorite part of my job is the interaction with uh, team staff, students and uh, administrators. Right. And, and again, you started off with the people that you work with, you know, there in, in your office, which I think for any AD, uh, hopefully you've got a great group of coaches that you spend the majority of your time with. You don't see the kids as much, you know, up close, but uh, getting to know those coaches, working with them, helping them help the students, um, you know, parents certainly uh, sneak into that equation as well. And uh, for the most part, we have some really great parents at our school. But yeah, it's the the people that you work with and the things that you do that makes up your job. And you know, I, I say this all the time. I'm living the dream. I can't believe I get paid to you know hang yeah. out with kids and go to games and things like that. So uh, well, don't you think that it would be successful programs and success? That that word is is so ambiguous, right? But 
successful programs, I think even when you look at pro sports, right? And um, let's take, and I'll, I'll talk about the Clippers and then and, and I'll tell you where I'm going with this. I'll talk about the Clippers um, being in, in, in Florida and in Orlando and going through the bubble. And they were at, they were expected to win the championship. Now I'm a huge Laker fan. I didn't expect them to do anything because at the end of the day, they're, they're the Clippers, right? That's, that's how I feel about the Clippers. They lost to Denver, right? They blew a three, one lead. And what started to come out afterwards is all the turmoil that was going on in the locker room and with staff and stuff like that about favoritism for certain um, stars on the team and how the coach lost them. If your program is going to be successful, you have to make sure that everyone is on the same page, right? And being treated fairly. And, and when you ask, Jake, have you ever asked somebody, how you doing? And then turned around and walked away? Because I don't do that. If I ask you how you're doing, I'm going to look at you in the face and wait for you to respond. And did you ever have somebody look at you and go, oh, it's good. And then I just continue to sit there. Okay, something's up. No, when I asked you how you're doing, I really want to know how you're doing. So that gives you this time to be able to voice exactly how you're feeling in that moment. If I didn't want to know, trust me, I would just said, hey, what's up? And kept on walking. <laughs> no, and again, I think what you're getting at is it's the relationships that lead to that success. And, and that's yeah. where, again, our coaches have done a great job. And I, I think it's, we don't take it for granted, but it is somewhat self-perpetuating. You know, our teams do very well on the scoreboard. We hang a lot of banners, but that's not our goal. Okay. Our goal, and it says so right in our handbook, our goal is to provide every kid with, through the athletic department, provide every kid with a great high school experience. Now that might be as a, a star, it might be as a substitute. It might be as a fan in the stands or a manager, but we're right. going to use athletics to give them a great high school experience. And we also, along with that, we're going to you know do our best. We're going to come to practice every day. We're going to work hard. We're going to support our teammates. Yeah. We're going to lift weights. We're going to do the things that successful teams do. And so that outcome um, is a great experience. Now the icing on the cake you know, some years it's a district championship, some years it's a state championship, but that's not our goal, okay? That's a byproduct of doing things the right way. And, and again, our coaches have bought into it, our kids have bought into it, and 99% of our parents have bought into it. You know, that 1%, that's the ones that end up in my office uh, that I get to talk to. <laughs> so can I ask you a question about that? Because Absolutely. I did a, um, one of my first shows out of the 60 was, um, how you guys deal with parents, um, how parents deal with administrators, officials, and, and stuff like that. You know, I think that's a hard part of your job. You want to say it's the best part and that you enjoy that aspect of it. But what about those parents who every parent feels their kid is the best player in the world and should be in playing professionally? Um, so they want their kids to be able to be on the field, on the court, um, wherever that is. How do you as an AD deal with parents that are not so uh, culturally involved in how you are putting your culture and spirit out there? Well, I, I, it's there's a lot of different things, but I think number one, you acknowledge that that parent or those parents uh, exist. You know, parents are never going to see it from the coach's perspective, they're going to see it from their kid's perspective. Uh, and, and that's natural. You know, you want your kid to do great. Uh, the coach is looking at it. We want the team to do great. And then we're going to look at each individual and help them become the best they can be. So we're very intentional. We're very purposeful in our communications with parents about that. You know, this is our goal. Provide every kid with a great experience from a team. You know, we want the team to do well individually we're going to develop individual talents and when it gets to that point of the discussion we say you know that these are coaches decisions you know uh, you don't decide I don't decide as the AD who plays quarterback uh, or who's going to get the uh, lead in the spring play who's going to sing the solo and the musical those are <laughs> coaches decisions um, right. 
and and we we accept that and i and as i talk to my coaches okay make sure you're coaching the heck out of the star and the substitutes help that substitute get better um i tell our parents don't ask me or don't ask the coach why your child son or daughter isn't playing more ask your child because i challenge the coaches and the coaches do a good job tell those kids exactly what they have to do to get better so they can play more you know it's more at the middle school level you know billy you got to stop traveling when you get that ball jump stop pivot you know when you start you're doing that, you're going to get more minutes. And so right. now Billy on that ride home can tell his parents, you know, Hey, I got to stop traveling. Um, and we acknowledge uh, at the middle school level that um, everybody is going to play, but everybody is not going to play the same amount, but right. over the course of the season, your child will have a great experience. Now we right. couch it in those terms. Um, and I tell our coaches, I don't want to see Billy growing cobwebs at the end of the bench. Okay. Get him in the game. You know, let the parents see what you see every day that they can't handle the ball against pressure, that they bounce it off their knee and it goes out of bounds and give them those 30 seconds, those 45 seconds at the end of the first quarter. So they can get out there. If the parents never see it. Okay. It makes it harder for me to defend you. I'll always defend right. you, but you know, help me help you. And, and again, we, we don't do it in a mean spirited way for the kid because yeah. the kids want to play varsity. Right. It's going to be a little bit different. We tell our parents, Hey, we're putting our best out there. You know, this is like the, uh, the uh, academic college bowl, you know, the, the brain right. bowl. Okay. You know, right. we're not going to let, you know, Jerry answer this one question on history when Jerry doesn't know what the heck he's doing. Okay? Uh, That's right. That's right. So and again, we have, we have fun in our coaches meetings, but, and I have fun with our parents too, but the vast majority of our parents, they get it and they may not embrace it, but they accept it. And, and we just tell them flat out, this is how we roll. Um, yeah. In my five years at, at McClay, the current school I'm at, I've had maybe I'll go high. I was going to say two, but I'll say three times in five years, I've had to talk to a parent and just say, maybe this isn't the best school for your kid. Right. And the response has always been, oh, no, we, you know, we love it here. Okay, well, why are you yeah. in my office? Okay. <laughs> and then the other part of that is my boss, our head of school, whether it's your principal or superintendent of public school, but my boss, he, his phrase is, we do not have time for that kind of foolishness. You know, if a parent comes to him, he will first say, have you talked to Jake? Okay. And most of the time it's no. Uh, And he may listen to him for a little bit, but he's not going to make any decisions. Uh, He's going to send him to me, which which helps tremendously. And then if our coaches do a great job, that makes my job so much more easier. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a long answer to your question. No, it's a a great answer because it's hard. It's so funny. I was officiating the game and I don't advise this by every official. I'm a very easy outgoing, as you can see, uh, type of official and we're in an AAU setting and uh, we make a call or something. The parents, that was actually good defense, Jimmy. You know, it's a timeout. I'm standing by the ball. I turned to the parent and like, I wouldn't tell my kid that because actually <laughs> he filed them, you know, so give them the right information first off and then let them make the adjustment, you know, so that's interesting that you said that. Well, here's a, here's a, a virtual fist bump. I'm a basketball official too. So, uh, Oh, yeah. all right. There we go. <laughs> Well, Mo, uh, you and I have spoke uh, or spoke, we've communicated, um, you know, emails and, uh, you know, one or two phone calls, but this has been great, you know, visiting with you, but we're not done yet. Uh, We always like to wrap up our podcast with what we call the athletic director's toolbox. Now you're not an athletic director, but you certainly know your way around sports and, and athletic departments. So my question is this. Um, I'm tasking you with sending out a brand new athletic director on their very first job, but I'm only going to let you put three things in their toolbox. What three items are going to go in Moore's athletic director toolbox? Um, Hey, I I got one that is going to be great. I need a a book called the know-it-all AD. Because I heard AD means all doing, because you have to do everything um, now. So that's the first thing. My second thing is is probably going to be a, a whistle, um, and I'll say a whistle um, for this new AD. 
because there'll be there'll be times where you have to blow it to stop everything so that you can actually take a breath and try to figure out exactly what's going on. And then the, the last thing that I'll put in there is a mentor, um, somebody that you can go to and ask questions, um, you know, bounce things off of ideas, um, and you know, be able to communicate um, some of your successes and, and frustrations. So those three things um, I would put in there. Uh, again, we always come back to that uh, mentoring, networking, you know, how important that is. You know, I really appreciate you sharing that. Mo, I bet you never time. had a whistle uh, put in your box. I bet you I've never had a whistle put in your box. That's that's the official in me. <laughs> well, I, I, years ago, I got a gift. I think it might have been my second or third year at a faculty uh, get together. And it was an old school, uh, you know, whistle with a P in it. And, with a uh, P in it. I, I still have that. Okay. No, hey, don't don't mix that up and put it in your bag when you're going out to officiate a game. They have things about officials with pee whistles and glasses. Um, uh, that, yeah, that's, uh, our our association's uh, you know very um, <laughs> very big on that. Okay. Well, Mo, uh, tell our listeners again one more time. You know, if, if they want to, and and I'm telling you, folks, if you have not been to High School Narrative and the other sites, you need to um, tell them where to go. Look, first off, I'll say go to the highschoolnarrative.tv. The highschoolnarrative.tv um, is a site that you can go on and, and watch um, all the videos. Go to the video on demand um, portion of it, and you can see all the videos that are uploaded. Um, kids send videos and schools send videos. Uh, we talk about the culture. We got influencers. We have other uh, uh, people that are doing shows also on there. Um, sit down with Sam. We have uh, Denny Lennon, who is uh, a great um, guy and does a show out here in L.A. Of course, we have Outside the Games with, with Kevin um, out of Portland. Um, Rick Manorino, he's out of uh, Vegas. Uh, and, of course, Talk to Talk with Mo Orr. Um, you can go in there and see things about Go Be Great and the Go Be Great um, Foundation 417 Recovery, the High School Narrative, um, or just the hsnarrative.tv. And uh, please download our free iOS app at um, www.thsnapp.com. And it'll take you um, straight to our app um, and uh, that's it, man. It's it's great. You can follow me on social media at Mo underscore or um, that's Mo with an E um, or with two R's. That's on Twitter and on Instagram. Please, please follow me at Mo the HS narrative. More high school narrative and many other sites. Thanks so much for being a guest. Okay. Hey, I appreciate it, Jake. Thanks for having me on. Um, I love what you're doing. Keep doing what you're doing. I'm listening to uh, episodes, especially every time you guys release them. I, I, I follow you on Twitter uh, and it's a joy. And uh, thank you for um, getting those ADs voices out there from all over the uh, nation. No, right back at you. We appreciate the support. To our listeners, remember the video recordings of these Zoom interviews are being uploaded to the Educational Athletic Director FIAAA YouTube channel. So uh, check those out as well. And until next time, uh, have a great day. Come back again next time for another episode of the Educational AD.